0: Roots and Shoots. Gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA.
1: Yes, it's our favourite time of the week because we get to speak to this lady.
2: The greatest talent in the history of the universe...
1: Yes, the one and the only, Sabrina Hahn.
3: Hello to you, Sabby. Hello, Di. How Uh, are you, darling? What a shame. I mean, I haven't played with you for a long time and (laughs) I'm not even in the studio with you today. So, where are you? I'm in beautiful, beautiful Albany. How is it today? (gasps) It's glorious, actually. There's a bit of sunshine, a bit of cloud, mostly, well, it's not raining, um, and it's glorious weather.
1: And you're in the ABC Albany studio there, yes. so no doubt a, c- a crowd of people
3: ah, <laughs> followed <wrong>. you. For <laughs> throng. Ah, I had to. I had to get the um, paparazzi away. I said, "Away shoo. with you!" Shoo,
1: shoo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happens here all the time, doesn't it? We have to um, employ extra security on yeah, a Saturday morning right. while you. you know, yeah, that's yeah. right. There's the odd homeless person that walks past <laughs> the studio. it's so, can... so not quite the same as when the premier arrives with his, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the men with the, the things in their ear. That, yeah, yeah, dark no. glasses. No. No, I haven't, haven't spoken to you since last year. How I was know. your Christmas and oh. festive season?
3: Was it very festive? Oh, it was absolutely fabulous. It was really laid back. Oh, that's nice. I like it. Yeah. And all the family came to me, which meant, that I didn't have to do much at all. It was wonderful. You just
1: had feet up with a glass of wine, did you? That's
3: that's it. <laughs> not not in the morning though. Dive went to the be- I went to the beach every single morning. It was so beautiful down there.
1: Oh, we are so lucky to live where we do. And then you get to pop down south and be somewhere else beautiful.
3: Yeah. And you have a
1: special guest with you today who we'll meet in just a moment. But we have mm. a couple of very eager uh, gardening uh, gurus who would like to ask you a question. So let's oh, just do ask a, a, a couple of those, if that's okay. First, Phoebe's encouraging. G'day, Phoebe. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you, Phoebe.
2: Um, My question is I'm only a young gardener.
3: Well, that's good because you're better off being a young gardener because you can get up off the ground far easier than what I can. I guess
2: that's (laughs) quite true. Um, I have a Tipulani tree that's only two years old, but I've a branch that's about a metre and a half off the ground, and it's now The leaves are so heavy, the
3: end of it's hanging on the ground. Yeah. And I want to know do I chop it off or do I
2: support
3: it up? No, chop it off. Okay. Yep, easy as. And you can do it now. You can do it today, Phoebe. I'll go ahead
2: and
3: do it right now. Oh, well done, Phoebe. That's easy, isn't it? Uh, Thanks for calling in. Thank you. What's a
1: Tipawani tree?
3: Uh, Tipawana is. Oh, Tipawana, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a tree that grows much better if it's got Mexican trumpet music in the background. <laughs> now, it's a, uh, it's a very large deciduous tree with a very broad crown and then it gets a yellow flower on it.
1: Right. Mm.
3: I think you could bring out a, a CD that was, you know, like
1: specific <laughs> music yeah, for specific plants. And, you know, they, you know yeah. sometimes when they do the wrong thing and then you could just have that chainsaw noise. Like <laughs> <laughs>
3: I love. like that idea. That's good, isn't it? I, uh, for oh, the Boab, we could, anything. Have, we could have didgeridoo music for yes. a Boab. I think for something um, as glorious as a, uh, a jacaranda, or no, a poinciana tree, we could have um, we'd have some South American music.
1: Oh, mm, yes.
3: Uh, yeah, I'll work on of, that. Okay. That's a great That's suggestion, Di. <laughs> See, I just want to keep working with you. So <laughs> <laughs> just come up with ideas <laughs> for it
1: to happen. Um, Mary's in Yokine. How can we help, Mary?
3: Oh, good morning,
4: ladies. I have some pieces of frangipani that I have been given, and I wonder how long I have to keep them dry, drying out before I can plant them.
3: Only two or three weeks, Mary. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, because they callus over quite quite quickly, so two or three weeks. But Mary, don't just shove them in the ground. They're better off if you put them in potting mix first, in a oh. pot. And you may, it depends what your soil's like. Well, Yokine, you've probably got fairly sandy soil anyway. Absolutely. Oh, well, that's okay then. But with that sandy soil, Mary, I'd still dig in a bit of compost in with it. Fine.
4: Thanks very much. Um,
3: and a wetting agent. Oh, yes. You need and that so dry. Yeah. And depending how big the cutting is, you may need to stake it to support it. Because it'll Thanks take you, a Emma. year to develop root system.
4: If I if I put it in a pot first, put them, I have four. If I put them in pots first, how long before I transplant them into six, the garden?
3: Six months, and then you can pop them in the garden.
4: Fine. Thanks very much. I'll put them in potting mix
3: and see how I go. Perfect. Thanks. Good luck, Mary. Lovely to
1: talk to you. Thanks for calling in today. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> nice to speak to you. Uh, Simon, good morning to you. G'day. How are you
5: going? Very good. Um, I've got a uh, bougainvillea mm-hmm. uh, that I trained uh, over a trestle that I had in between uh, the pillars of a brick fence. Yeah. Uh, and it's quite longish and it's quite quite unestablished. So the bougainvillea, the main sort of uh, branches are, are you know, at least 50, 60 mil thick. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, getting uh, thinner as, as it goes Further out, but anyway, the uh, um, the brick fence has been uh, hit by a car and smashed, and oh. so the whole lot has to come down.
3: Oh no! So,
5: so I'm wondering, what should I just cut the bougainvillea off? Of course, it's all going to be pulled back, yeah, so yeah. that the brickies can get into yeah. Um,
3: yeah. to rebuild it. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see their face if you say to them now. One of the conditions of rebuilding this brick wall is you're not allowed. touch or prune the bougainvillea (laughs) and and then they'd probably
5: Mm. work. now well i thought that i could um you know i might be able to just sort of uh because i made up some a trestle sort of which is, is sort of like some uh steel pole sort of thing and yeah that that is collapsible yeah and i was thinking that i could pull them out pull the whole lot back and then try and position it back in place but it's Quite old now, and it's quite thick, and I think it's going to be no, not really feasible to do that. Yeah.
3: Now, the great thing is, Simon, is you can prune that bogan mercilessly because it's established, and it will come back. It will definitely come back.
5: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm just wondering how how far back. I mean, do I still need to leave like some foliage on it, and uh, can I just go right back to the the base? You can go. You can go.
3: Well you're going to need to leave is it possible to leave at least a meter
5: yeah yeah that's about what i was thinking about yeah. about a meter so it comes yeah. out of the ground about sort of uh 300 400 mil and then it goes off into a a Y a y sort of thing yes and then yeah. that goes off so i'll leave as much as i can I yeah suppose, yeah and, th- and
3: that's fine if you can leave a meter it will certainly come back
5: yeah no worries i'll do that
3: good luck simon Thank you. Thanks for being part of Roots and Suits today. Thirteen
1: minutes past nine. Uh, we'll come back to some calls very shortly. One three hundred triple two seven twenty is the number. You can send a text zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. So Sabrina Hahn is with us in spirit and in voice, <laughs> but not in person because she's in Albany today. So we're talking through the magic of radio. And you do have a habit, Sabby, of of bringing in sort of um, men, don't you, to this program? Uh,
3: actually. <laughs> Come to think of it, I do. You do.
1: And we we usually have great fun with them, uh, which I think scares off new ones. And I'm a
3: bit worried about the young man today. No, Um, no, no. No, he's not scared. Now, we've been playing out ah. in the bush already. What well, would you like to introduce him to Since us? 6 o'clock this morning oh. and, he's, and he's still speaking to <laughs> me. He? It's fabulous. So I'd like to introduce Justin Boulanger, who is the CEO of the South Coast NRM, which is Natural Resource Management. And um, so Justin's going to talk about an incredible project that's been launched down here that I am so totally thrilled to be involved in. Now, Justin, you, uh, let me just talk to him for a second yeah, okay. just to
1: make sure he's... All, hello, Justin. Hi, darling. <laughs> Welcome to Roots and Shoots. I'm not sure what they did to bribe you to spend so much time with Sabrina, but are, are you okay?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working through it. I, <laughs> uh, <don't know. laughs> Travelling well.
1: Travelling well. We can record her laugh for you and you can have it as your ringtone if you like. Oh,
0: fantastic. <laughs> I not thought about that.
1: So what have you two been up to today, Justin? Been out in the bush since 6am?
0: We have. We've um, been out and um, been uh, playing around with some uh, South Coast honey possums, um, which has just been absolutely fantastic.
1: So what is the honey possum, the South Coast honey possum? Ooh. Sounds as though it's um, only a, be seen in, in maybe a small part of WA. By oh, the Oh,
0: well, it occurs across the um, uh, across South West, but... Um, Its habitat's been restricted a little bit um, within the south coast, but uh, it's a fantastic little marsupial that uh, lives entirely on nectar and pollen. That's the only things that it eats. And um, we're developing up a suite of projects to restore uh, habitat for the honey possums by providing the sorts of plants that it can both live in and, and feed off.
1: And can you describe one for us?
3: Oh, they're so cute. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, the males, uh, they're quite small. The males um, get to about 10 grams and um, the females are about 20. So they fit in the palm of your hand. Oh, um, wow. Sabrina's right. They're absolutely stunningly beautiful little mm. little creatures. Um, Uh, at birth, the, the, um, the babies are about the size of a grain of rice. So they're very, very small. Um, but, um, they, as I said, they, they live entirely on, um, on pollen and nectar and, um, the southwest of WA is one of the only places in the world that they could have actually evolved because we have such a rich um, uh, diversity of plants down here and ones that can provide flowers all through the year. So um, it's it's truly a unique West Australian thing that we have here.
1: So if you're trying to obviously restore their habitat, is it about um, planting specific um, like plants that, that they'll eat?
0: Yeah, they're very um, uh, dependent on um, proteaceous plants, so banksias, grevilleas, dryandras. And, and the like so the suite of projects that we're we're developing are restoring uh those sort of plants um to provide homes and and foods for food for them um you know in in places such like um like farmland and 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 other sites
1: now sabby have you seen your first honey possum in the wild today is that what you were so
0: excited about oh my god
3: i had the opportunity to go out um, to a beautiful uh, part of the wh- which park were we? in it was uh,
0: Sharp Point. Uh, yeah, in Sharp the Point. Tawandiraup National Park. Yeah,
3: so Tawandiraup National Park was just it's, I the the diversity of flora there. You can imagine me, Di. I was <laughs> leaping about <laughs> like been. a honey possum with <laughs> great excitement. The
1: size of three double uh, uh, of a, a triple A
3: battery. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that's exactly right. So. Um, we we met up with um, Bob from UWA and he had uh, some honey possums for us to look at that he that they they trapped um, for the for the purpose of filming um, and so I was so privileged to be able to hold two little honey possums and also a dunnart. It's like a little tiny yeah. marsupial. Um, and they are the most extraordinary marsupials. They, the honey possum, I think it's, it's so unique because it's the only marsupial that lives on pollen and nectar alone. And the amount of flowers that they have to go through licking is, what is it, Justin? It's uh, phenomenal.
0: They, yeah, uh, between two and a half thousand and five thousand and fresh Bankshire flowers, they need to lick a day. Each day? Yeah.
3: Yep. Oh, my goodness. So their tongue... They're exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> so their tongue is equipped and has evolved to actually strip the pollen um, and, of course, get as much nectar out, uh, out of the flowers that um, they can. But they, when you... Uh, Honestly, Di, when you hold them in your hand, they're the size of a triple battery. Like, See, that's tiny, amazing, isn't it? Tiny. But I tell you what, they're spirited little things <laughs> they can hop. Can now, me? Di, you know that Valentine's Day is coming up I soon? I do. Um, well, it's my birthday, yes. so I always remind people. I know. But, born from um, love you were. Bor- oh, so born <laughs> for love. Um, so I've got a bit of an idea because basically what we're looking at is we're um, the project's looking at um, raising funds predominantly so that the honey possum always stays here and has a habitat to live in. So without that huge collection of flora because they need flowers all year round Mm. um so so we're starting a project well the south coast nrm are starting this fabulous project to, to raise funds for for the honey possum project and i was thinking you know valentine's day that all the blokes like to go and buy their girls chocolates or or flowers so i think what we need blokes to do and we're going to tell you a story in a minute, fellas, so you stay tuned in because you'll really want to back this one. Um, rather than buying your, the, your true love a box of chocolates or or a bunch of flowers, buy a Banksia plant for a honey possum instead and show, show your true love a picture of a honey possum and say, darling, you have just provided... A little bit of nectar and pollen for this little fella, oh, and their hearts will melt. Now their hearts will melt when we tell you a few facts about the male honey possums die because uh, they they are extraordinary, aren't they, Justin? In in the way in which they can produce sperm like you would not believe.
0: Well, they're very, very well endowed, you'd say. They've
3: got <laughs> huge gonads. To their, what, AAA
1: battery-sized <laughs> body.
3: Yeah, <laughs> really? they've got enormous gonads. How are they leaping around so much? With I don't know, hanging? but I reckon they'd get, like, <laughs> they'd get rash and They're so large, but why are they so
0: large, Justin? Well, um, they have the largest sperm of um, by proportion of their body mass of any animal in the world. So it's larger than a blue whale. So, um, and the males have a fairly uh, short lifespan. Um, but they're ex- they're-
1: yes, I can see why. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> Well, they carry a lot of weight around um, do. down below. expectation
1: yeah. as well, I would suggest uh, justin
0: yeah so uh they um you know one of as with most men, their major role is procreation, and mm. uh so they're 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 uh um, how do you say, well well designed for that purpose. So. you have
1: chosen your words beautifully, justin, and <laughs> it, there's no amount of media training that can prepare you for this event, is there live radio with Sabrina talking about large gonadded But honey wait,
3: fossils. there's more. There's more. Now, this I want all the blokes to get on board with this, because really, if there's a project that you fellows want to back, you want to keep this little honey possum alive. Cause he they just defy they defy nature, I reckon. But wait, there's more. So they've got these huge gonads and they've got this gigantic sperm. Um, but I tell you what else they have is they have a quick surefire fire. What's the what's the time what's the time frame fire, so to speak? Well, uh,
0: I might be uh, doing a disservice to my uh, uh, male friends, but uh, yeah, the the, the love making period is is fairly short. It's a, a, about a minute and a half. So uh, uh, in and out. Pardon the pun. But
3: but it's the firepower that goes behind that. So so the rate at which the sperm comes out it's like I don't know I feel like like a little bit sorry for the female honey (laughs) possum at this point? Uh, no. No? Okay. She, they are the hussy. They love it. They're, they can spit the babies out and they're straight back into it. Come on, darling. Let's well, hop it's over Well, minute and a
1: half, so have got plenty of time on
3: <laughs> Well, I can see why you love this project.
1: If you've just oh. tuned in, are you wondering what on earth is going on 22 minutes past nine on ABC Radio Perth in Western Australia? Sabrina Harden, is, is it here? Well, she's in Albany, actually, and she uh, has a guest. With her, Justin. Is it Belanger? Is that how you say Now, yeah. Justin, and let me tell you, he's the CEO at the South Coast, at South Coast NRM and working on a project with honey possums. Um, not a creature I knew a lot about until now. Now I feel like I have like, too much information on them. <laughs> but Catherine, a couple of texts. Catherine says the Belanger name dates back a very long way in the history of the Nornalup area. Is that...
0: It, it does. Our, our family were the founding uh, family in Nornalup about 110 years ago. so well, that's uh, nice. We, we like to long... get to
1: know you, Justin, so okay. that's good. Thank
3: you. He's a very charming man too.
1: <laughs> and Heidi wants to know, um, from both of you, as the honey possum only eats nectar and pollen, are they impacted by and in competition with honeybees, both the feral and commercial kind?
0: Uh, no, not particularly. In fact, um, one of the great things about the project that we're doing is res- by restoring habitat Habitat, it's actually providing flowers both for honeybees and and also for possums so uh, so they from what we can see they can cohabit quite quite nicely
3: and so talk about a bit more about the project and if people are interested in supporting these enormous gonad ridden Beautiful, divine little sure honey possums. fire, fast fire honey <laughs> possums. <laughs>
0: um yeah, so so what we're doing, we've identified some um key areas uh that need um revegetating, restoration and and we're doing that with local um species um that provide the both the food sources that they need and also the homes and and so what we're doing is we're raising funds um, through our um, uh, our website. We have a donations page there that people can go to and there's a range of options that, of donations that people can make um, all the way from buying a food supply to providing a nectar garden or to create a whole Bankshire sanctuary for for honey possums. And,
1: and they range from sort of $10 to $100 so it's not, yeah, that's correct. you know, it's really reasonable especially with Sabrina's plan for um,
0: you know,
3: Valentine's Day. Well, it's, right.
0: it's cheaper than flowers and chocolates. Absolutely. And,
3: you know, if I had a boyfriend ever, um, I would I would be overwhelmed if he was to buy me, uh, instead of some useless bit of jewellery that you can't wear when you're out gardening, uh, to buy me, say, I've just bought three banksia plants for, so that my little honey possum can go out there Nad proud and make more honey possums for the world it'll be a much better place
1: i agree well i think that's fantastic people have warmed to this story greatly on on text as you can imagine mm. um,
3: <laughs> Just- and, and and on the uh, we've sent through some pictures of me with the uh, honey possums this morning so um i think jess has tweeted them on the abc website oh excellent and what? lorraine will put those up Um, And you can also go to my Facebook page um, and there's pictures on there. And what's the website, Justin, for the coast?
0: So uh, southcoastnrm.com.au and just look for the donations button. Mm. Well, Justin, and they've
3: got a Facebook page too, which will have said photos of little little beautiful <laughs> little honey possums. You're going to be everywhere.
1: I know that. I can tell. We'll We're make sure hidden. that we put them on our um, Facebook page as well so that you can see Sabby and Justin and the beautiful honey possum.
3: And we've hidden their gonads for their own prize. Oh,
1: thank you. You're so mm. kind. <laughs> Justin, thanks so much for, for coming in and playing with Sabby today. We Thanks much so. appreciate it. Lovely to meet you. Justin Ballanger, he is CEO at South Coast uh, NRM. They're behind this project to help re-habitat, uh, I guess, and areas for this beautiful little creature called a honey possum. Just so tiny, but Sabrina's in love with him, him mm. and her, already.
3: Mm. Not you, Not Justin. I mean, no. he's a lovely no. fella. No. No, but no. more so the honey possum. The honey possum. I'm going to keep him in the studio in case there's any questions about Banksias. That's that a great idea. I because um, all around where we were were predominantly Banksia primosa. And uh, it, it's interesting how the honey possum adapted and evolved with the, the whole floral diversity here. It was just, it's just, asto- we, we have the most amazing flora and fauna in the world. It never ceases to astonish me. And I, I am aghast. Well, we'll come
1: back to some calls. We've got all the Js coming up, Joy, Jan, Jim and John. Uh, so we'll be back in, in just a second.
2: All right, listen up, people. Listen is the ABC's new radio app. You see what I did there? Why do you need it? Well, you can listen to all of the ABC's live radio streams. You can build your own podcast playlist. Plus, most importantly, you can tailor the app to catch up with your favourite program. Breakfast, ABC Radio, and WA. So many highlights.
1: Hear the world differently with the new ABC Listen app. Download for free today.
2: That's going to get them for sure, isn't it? Listen, listen, listen. This is Roots and Shoots, gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA.
1: And a very good morning to you. If you've just joined us, it's coming up to half past nine. Sabrina Hahn with us in our Albany studio today, and our guest Justin Boulanger from the South Coast NRN. Uh, if you have got specific Banksia questions, Justin is the man today to take those. But let's go back to the lines one three hundred triple two seven twenty. Joy's with us. Thanks for holding on for so long, Joy. I hope you enjoyed the honey possum chat.
2: Oh, I loved it. Fantastic. I can't wait to go down there to that place that um, you mentioned and go yeah. down and have a look at those possums.
3: The 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 park is just beautiful. They're yes. um, elusive little... I'll tell you what, they can bloody jump. They've got huge springy legs. Yes. Oh, okay. What can we do for you, Joy?
2: Hello, Sabrina. Um, and hi, Di. I was just Hello. ringing up in regard to a friend of mine who lives up in Balladjur and just ringing on behalf. On her behalf, she um, has a north-facing wall. Uh, she has a retaining wall about two meters tall, with um, about a thirty-centimeter gap to the to the fence.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, hardy plants, and she just wants to know what to plant there. She's just looking for something screening. Everything she puts in there just dies, and she's lately just put a cesidium in that's died. I suggest a bougainvillea, but uh, she's just something without thorns.
3: Okay, so she's got 30 centimetres. Um, Sisygium wouldn't cut the mustard because it just gets too hot. You yes. know what would be really good? There is a, um, a Dodonia, which is a ty- type of hop bush. It's a native. It's called Dodonia Mr. Green Sheen. Okay. And I haven't made that up. It's a true, it's a true thing. It's very. Yes. It's quite narrow, It's got a beautiful deep green crinkly leaf and gets little sort of hop-like flowers on it. Yeah, and it's as tough as old boots. And it's just—it's a beautiful screening plant.
2: And how tall does it get to? It'll
3: get to about two and a half, three meters. Is that enough? That's just perfect. Yeah, Yeah. great. Thank you very much. Okay, no worries, Joy. Okay, thanks, Joy.
1: Appreciate you calling in this morning Uh, from Joy to Jan in Claremont. Hi, Jan.
2: Hi, hi, Dave. Thank you for taking my call. Of course.
3: Hello, Jan. Good morning, Sabrina. Thank you for sharing all your expertise with us. novices. Uh, it's it's my and Justin's pleasure.
2: <laughs> um, this sounds a very mundane question after the lovely chat on the honey possum, Sabrina. I have a large, well-established self-seeding cotton garden, but unfortunately, I've reached the time when I need to reduce the size of the beds. Yeah. I don't want to fill the place with bricks, and with um, we have big sugar gums, huge sugar gums on the verge, Uh, so it's fairly shady, and I don't, so I don't think grass would do. No. Can you maybe suggest some sort of ground cover that I could fill in, with leaving occasional shrubs in, and it would probably have some light traffic.
3: Yep. Um, is there yep. anything I could use instead of lawn? Yeah, definitely, definitely. There is. Um, there's a, a very flat, low ground cover called myoporum. M y r o p o r u m. Right. Yep. Um, so there's a white flowering myoporum and a mauve one. There's a new one called Yarina. A hybrid and it's very very good and it's very flat to the ground and you can walk on it a bit Um, and that's a native plant and the native bees actually love it oh okay and it's it's very hardy quite tough and will grow sort of in semi-shade full sun kind of thing uh you could also use lipia which is south african um but it it does very well here as well and that's People use that as a lawn alternative. Right, right. So they're both water wise plants, so they don't require a lot of water because the the sugar gums will suck everything up out of the soil, as you probably know. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. so I would stick to those two either the Myoporum or the Lipia or both. All right, terrific. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, Jan, thank you.
1: Thanks. Thanks very much, Jan. Much appreciated. Uh, Let's go to Jim now. G'day, Jim. Hi, oh, is that Jim? Hello.
3: Hi, Jim. Again. Hello, Jim. How are you? Very well. Are you Good gonna, morning, ladies. Are you going oh. to buy a Banksy flower for your true love?
5: I could do because I'm in the right area for it.
3: Oh. oh, splendid, Jim.
5: I'll put it in with my pineapple that I'm querying into tomorrow.
3: Okay. okay. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> what can um, we do about your pineapple?
5: <laughs> I've got one in a pot that's growing very, very well. But Yeah. It's it's um, producing suckers at the bottom. Now, I want to repot this. Do I cut the suckers off and replant them or leave them where they are?
3: That's interesting that you're getting suckers from. Well, it is <laughs> a bromeliad. Now, what you need to do is you need to cut the suckers or pups, we call them, cut them off, put them in a separate pot, and you'll get pineapples from them as well.
5: That's what I want to know. That's fine. Yeah. Thank you very much. Now, Jim,
3: it could be a while because you're going to be waiting about 18 months before you get a pineapple.
5: Oh I've done it before in oh, birth, okay. Yep. And this one's been in the pot now for nearly two years. Oh, so. perfect. Perfect.
3: Yeah. You're a patient man, Jim.
5: Oh, I, sometimes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Only when it comes to pineapples. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so All much.
5: Right. Oh, thank you very much for the call. Thanks, Thanks Tim,
1: calling in today. One three hundred triple two seven twenty is our number. You can set text as well. Zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. See what happens when you start talking about large yeah. gonads? Like yeah, the it words goes to don't, don't come out right. Than text.
3: <laughs> Do they, and remember, if you have a Banksia specific question, or even anything else you'd like to know about honey possums, yeah, apart oh, from well. their sex life,
1: <laughs> because they there are they are more than just that, aren't they? Oh, they most definitely are. Uh, Justin Bellange. With us as well from the south coast, uh, NRN, and
3: he has been putting up with Sabrina. For, and oh, we've a only just started. Hours. We're going back out bush after are the you? program. What yeah. are you doing? I'm I'm then. Yeah, Justin, where are we going next, planned? Justin?
0: Oh, we're doing some uh, filming for um, for a promotional video, which Sabrina's um, kindly uh, agreed to help us with. So oh, she's we're... a tart.
1: She loves it. <laughs> <first off. laughs> And if you are wondering what the honey possum looks like, well, let me just say what the honey possum and Sabrina look like. Um, it's on our Twitter page, so ABC Perth or at Di Darmody. Uh, I've just tweeted it as well, and we'll make sure that we get it on our Facebook page too. They are gorgeous looking. I love the little stripe down the back. Yeah. Is that a male or a female that's on you? Let me guess.
3: <laughs> uh, it was a boy. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. Surprise, uh, that's surprise. why I had to hide his gonads for his own, you know, <laughs> just, just to keep him nice. <laughs> keep oh, him nice, I, I said to him. keep just keep those up there for a little bit while we're filming, <laughs> if you don't mind. But, but just, they're short-lived, aren't they, Justin? How long do honey possums live for? So the
0: males are only about a year and the females are a bit longer, so mm. yeah.
3: Take that as a warning, blokes. <laughs>
1: I don't know what the warning is, but take from it what you will, okay? it's all I'm going to say. Uh, John's in Geraldton. Can you, how can we help you, John?
5: Good morning. Hello.
3: Morning, John.
5: Uh, I have a mandarin tree, uh, quite well established, uh, sandy soil right next to a... Um an orange tree and a couple of mango trees, mm-hmm. which have all been very heavy with fruit and looking very healthy. And on last Thursday morning, I walked out and half the mandarins were on the ground.
3: Uh, it's They're all
5: about an inch in diameter. Yep. Um, we did get a bit of a cool snap that night. Not really cold, but mm. it probably went down to about 12 or 14 degrees, which is overnight sort of comfortable. Mm. Um, and just all in one night and it hasn't happened since just that one night and they're all on the ground, about 70 fruit. yeah,
3: mm. so that's definitely weather.
5: Is
4: that's,
3: it? yeah, the thing about mandarins is mandarins will will shed under stress like most citrus will shed under stress, but limes and mandarins are the ones that will drop seventy percent of their fruit.
5: Yeah. All
3: right. And also because they are biennial like mandarins you'll get every second year will be a bumper crop. Yeah, so, well, I had none
4: last year but Yeah, so this is to...
3: their bumper crop. So that adds to the stress factor. So yeah. if you get something like a, a an unusual cold snap, even though it wasn't that cold, it's yeah. enough for the yeah. mandarin to go ah! and then All just right. dump okay. fruit.
0: And
5: yet the orange is
3: unaffected right now? No, no, no. The oranges will take big climatic changes. Okay. But mandarins and limes are they're like the suki suki la la of the citrus. Oh, thank John! You. Bad and luck. I'm and sorry, sorry about, about that, John. No,
5: that's all right. And thank you for the uh, entertainment I've just <laughs> <given>. <laughs> the honey possum porn show.
1: <laughs> thank you, John. It's it cra- is. It's it promo is our gold. pleasure. It's, it's promo our pleasure. Gold. I'm telling you, Adam Saler is going to have an absolute ball with <laughs> that this week. I just, I can only imagine the,
0: you know, the voice. The honey
3: Are honey possums up around Geraldton?
0: Uh, uh, to to a degree, yeah. Around
3: Dongra? uh, Can you tell us where they sort of, where they
1: live, Justin, where people might be able to see them? uh,
0: Well, they're hard to see because they're they're predominantly not eternal. Yeah, but, um, look, the... The southwest of WA, so um, the south coast up through to the wheat belt and in across towards Perth and um, and a little bit further north. But um, I guess as land clearing has occurred and um, and development and what have you, a lot of the you know, previous habitats have been uh, been reduced, which is why which is why we're looking at um, you know restoring some of that. And where would they we can. have
1: predators as
3: well?
0: They do. Um, Apart they... from
3: Sabrina, clearly. <laughs> yes. I was very gentle with that yeah. little fella. I had my hand.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, like uh, most Australian uh, um, marsupials, um, yeah, cats and uh, predominantly and, and probably foxes as well uh, predate on, on, on possums.
1: Now, we've had a text from a, a friend of ours, Johnny Frog. Ah, <laughs> Uh, He says, Sabrina, there's a population of honey possums in the metro area. Ellenbrook has a healthy population, but unfortunately people mistake them for mice and many cats account for them.
0: (coughs) That's a real shame. So, yeah, look, one of the great things about possums is they will actually come in towards the fringes of people's property where you've got, Native bush next to it, so people can, um, you know, uh, plant, plant a bankshire in their backyard and actually, uh, you know, provide a little bit more habitat for them. And and I guess whilst we do have things like cats and foxes, um, what you know, having habitat available for them to live in and shelter in is um one of the one of the key things you can do.
3: And banksias are great, mainly because. The, the shape of the flower and the shape of the leaf. The honey possum can actually, the reason they've got that stripe there is it's really good camouflage dye. So when you see them, because they don't have a nest, like they just, they'll, 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 the, the area that they roam in is about the size of your backyard. So it's about a thousand square meters, isn't it, Justin? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so it's a small range. And when you see them, which I've only seen pictures of them when they're wrapped up in a Banksia flower to go nine eyes. You can barely see them, mm. or if they're in a leaf, or they they can use um, uh, bird's nests, old bird's nests as well. So they, the, the, that's the thing about banksias. is no, you know, it's not just that it's um, high in nectar and pollen, but it's a great habitat for the little possum to be in where it can't actually be seen. Because yeah. I should imagine that birds of prey would knock them off as yeah, well. possibly.
0: But one of the great things, you know, that if you've got honey possums, you've got healthy, um, productive bush as well. So yeah. it's a great indicator of healthy uh, healthy bush. And, mm. and our, thank, our fantastic local flowers in our banksias, just you know, spectacularly beautiful flowers. So if you've got honey possums, you know you've got some good habitat around you.
3: And what's the most, I think, the banksia newtons... The nodding banksia is a really important one.
0: Yeah, um, banksia coccinia, the, yep. oh, the scarlet is just banksia stunning, stunning mm. flower. Mm. Um, there's, a, there's a range of, of different flower species that they'll have. And
3: you'll have that on your website? Absolutely. Yeah. And
0: yeah.
1: Mark in Spearwood, um, Justin, has sent a text and he just would like some advice on growing more banksia st- strikings for the Perth region. He said is it possible to collect and germinate seeds or is this a little too hard for home gardeners?
0: It's pretty challenging actually like propagating a lot of uh, native species. There's a lot of steps that you have to take um, so uh, probably the, the, the best option is to try and get um, get one from a nursery, make sure it's from a um, certified um, uh, nursery that doesn't have phytophthora in their soils, um, uh, so dieback in their soils. So, um, yeah, that's probably the easiest option, I'd say.
3: There, there are some great natives. So if you want a good diversity of species go to a native nursery so we've got quite a few nurseries north and south of the river that specialize in west australian plants um and you definitely need west australian banksias so but also there's also the mertacee family but there's there's heaps of banksias that are only quite small i love the banksia and newtons people don't see it a lot but the banksia it's one of the few banksias where the banksia flower hangs down rather than stands up it's a beautiful banksia you see it all through Ravensthorpe as well
1: 17 Minutes to 10, ABC Radio Perth and Western Australia. Di Darmody with you today. Sabrina Hahn in our Albany studios and she's joined by CEO at South Coast NRM, Justin Boulanger. We've been talking about the honey possum today, an amazing little creature. And Sabrina and Justin are part of a project to to try and um, have more habitat for these little tiny amazing creatures that sex life is pretty good, just (laughs) quietly about. Uh, I'll be going home tonight to have an interesting conversation around my dinner table, <laughs> the boys will be very impressed with the honey possum because they're at that age where those sorts of things so. are awesome um, Let's go to Bridgetown Tracy's with us. A gardenia problem, Tracy. Uh, yes, morning, ladies.
3: Good morning, Tracy.
2: Oh, I just got to say, I love listening to your show. It always makes me feel so hopeful and happy. So thank
5: Aww, you, I'm
3: thank not... you, Tracy.
5: But yes,
2: yeah, uh, a little while ago, I noticed uh, ants marching into my garden, so I thought I'd track where they're heading. Mm-hmm. And I think I might have scale because they are heading straight for my gardenia bush. Yep, and it has these brown lumps on the leaves, and yep. on the actual stem, it has these like black little pods.
3: Um, that scale, so you've got the yeah. immature and the mature scale there. You've got the whole life cycle going on in your oh, gardenia. You? Uh,
4: yep. Now the next thing is how do I get rid of it without killing my
2: predators? Because I've got quite a few natural predators, and I obviously don't want to. No.
3: Oh, Excellent. So. Okay, so you've got your thumb and your forefinger. Yes. Yeah. And you <laughs> squish. So what you do first is you squish along. If you don't like the orangey, red, guzzy bits that come all over your fingers, you can wear a pair of gloves. Um, You squish first. Then you get a toothbrush that you're not going to use on your teeth later on in the day. Get a toothbrush and some methylated spirits. And oh. then you just rub, dip the toothbrush in the metho and you just rub across the leaf and the stem and that desiccates the the exoskeleton, the outer layer, on the yep. scale and then they die. Nice. And you does not take that toothbrush back
1: to the bathroom. Again. No. <laughs> yeah,
3: no. Keep
4: uh, I <laughs> might leave that one yeah. in case I happen to get another emphasis. <laughs> Okay, and that won't that won't upset
3: the ants or anything. No, else. no. Well, you don't want the see the ants are there, Tracy, because they milk the scale, and then they collect the scale and they move the scale around to parts of the plant that don't have scale on it yet. I'm not sure. Yeah, the ants and the scale the scale are in cahoots together. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't want those bloody ants there. You want those yes. ants to go back in the ground where they belong. Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> Just a Can little... I ask
4: you a, a sneaky,
3: quick
2: little question? Oh, a so sneaky quick one. Quick... I like sneaky ones.
3: Uh, um, I know, that I can't do it now. That's
2: why it's sneaky. But I've got all oh, these that's about a meter high, and I'm going to have to shift the core Yeah. Um, what time of year is best to do that, so that I
3: don't kill it? It's a meter high. Mm. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to prune. You're going to have to prune it by fifty percent. Dig it up and hope for the best. It's proteaceae family. They do not yeah. like being transplanted.
2: Okay all right thanks thanks,
1: Tracy. thanks for calling in being part of the program appreciate it john's in codisloe hi john
5: hi there sabrina how are you
3: very well john
5: i I don't want to talk about honey possums because I want to live longer than a year. Did <laughs> oh, say
1: it's a good year, though, John? It's a good it's
5: year. Good, yeah, yeah. Well, no wonder they're so quick. <laughs> so, <laughs> my question is uh, related to uh, reproducing, but
3: I've got a couple of hoya plants. Ah, oh, excellent! Dark, dark green leaves hoya with a pink flower. Yeah. Uh,
5: I've got one in one under cover and one in the open in the courtyard in the open air. Yeah. Uh, they're both thriving and they've, they've both got pods on them that are probably half the size in between a cricket ball and a golf ball, sort of thing.
3: Sort of like a gonad, John. Yeah,
5: whatever. I don't know <laughs> what that is, but. <laughs> <laughs> are those seeds for reproducing Hoya?
3: Yes, they are indeed. Now, Hoyas, you can reproduce from seed or by cutting. Most people do it by cutting because the seed is a little bit tricky. So you're probably only going to get a success rate of about 40, 30, 40 percent germination. Yep. Um, And you need to, you'll need to wait until the seeds are completely ripe. Yep. So the seed pods dried out entirely. Um, and I would leave sowing them until the following beginning of summer, next summer.
5: Okay, all right, that's yep. fine. No, that all sounds too hard. I think a cutting might be the way to go.
3: I tell you what, John, they are so easy to propagate from a cutting, okay, and you can beautiful. you can basically take the cutting from anywhere. Okay, thank you. For yep. that. Thanks, John. Thank no you. worries. Good John. to talk to you. Chris
1: in Broome on text um, is wondering if Justin knows anything about the northern banksia that grows in the
0: Kimberley. Oh, well, I lived in Broom for five years, but I must say I don't. Uh, Sabrina, do you know? Ah,
3: uh, about- no. I'm sorry. That's okay. We're both, we're both a complete blank there. <laughs> That's right. But someone would know and they can ring in and tell us. Yeah, let
1: us know if you know about the northern banksia that grows in the Kimberley. 1300 22720 720 or text 04379 720. Joel says, what's the average lifespan of a banksia and does it vary from among the banksia species?
0: Great question. It is a very good question. Mm. And uh, one I vary. think I'm going to throw to Sabrina.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're
3: learning quickly here justin i like it <laughs> um are most of them are a live fast die young very few is you'll get <laughs> that's why past. honey possums love them <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah they they go to their own that's the thing um it depends on the species of banksia. Depends on where they are. It depends on rainfall. Whether there's phytophthora or dieback in the soil. Most banksias are short-lived, so you're looking at between fifteen and twenty years. Um, some some species will live longer. Some of the smaller species will live a lot longer. Uh, some banksias respond well after fire others don't return at all you they will only uh, reproduce by seed after a fire event some of them have lignotubers. some of them don't but for the home gardener because you can regulate the watering and the environment around you should get you should get 30 years in the home garden out of them um but out out in the out in the bush Usually around about fifteen to twenty years. Let's go to Ellenbrook now. Bob's with us. Hi, Bob. Hey, Bob. Are you there? How are you going? Good. Thanks. Good day, Bob. You're in Ellenbrook. Apparently, there's honey possums there.
4: Yeah, I haven't seen one. I wouldn't know what one looked like actually. Oh, they're like a little
3: <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny little marsupial with a long, long, long nose.
4: Oh sounds very attractive to me. Yeah. <laughs> they're
3: viewed, they might like you as well, Bob.
4: <laughs> I hope so. Um, Sabrina, I've got a three-year-old um, grapevine that I bought as a stick from the biggest uh, hardware store in uh, oh, yeah. WA. Yep. Yep. Um, and I've just had my first load of fruit off it, wow. which is very nice. It's seedless. Yeah. It's three years old. And I've, I've got all, had all the grapes off it now, seedless grapes, and they're beautiful. But what do I do with the vine
3: now? Well, you don't do anything until July. So oh, just let it go July. now. Okay. Um, so it's fruited, so you can give it a fertiliser now because it will have expended a lot of energy on the fruit. Yep. Um, so make that the last fertilising until winter, and then July, that's when you prune it.
4: Yep, and do I keep on watering it through to yes. July?
3: Yes, yeah. Yeah, once definitely. A once a, once a week. Yep, yeah. that's all it'll need.
4: Oh, beautiful! Thanks very much for your help. Oh, and my I, pleasure. And I cut it back to uh, three main branches yes. again. Yes.
3: Yep. Absolutely. Right
4: back to, or, you know, so they're only about uh, a foot long or two foot long or something.
3: Two foot long.
4: About two foot long. Yep. Yep. Okay, thanks very much for your help, Sabrina. My pleasure. And Bob, oh, my you should pop some at...
1: um, Banksia, uh, Banksia in yeah. your backyard in Ellenbrook. You might get some honey possums. You might get some little yeah, possums. That'd be good. And yeah. this is your first time calling, is it? Yeah. Oh, oh,
4: welcome. Bob. First, first welcome. Time I've uh, been on with you,
3: Sabrina. Oh, well, I've enjoyed the experience, <laughs> and Bob, and I <laughs> hope you have too.
4: Thanks very much for taking the call. See okay. you, Bob. Thank thanks
3: you so call. much.
1: Speaking of um, of blokes you like, Wombat from Hope to oh, Say oh, Hello.
3: Wombat. He, he
1: lives in Banksia Heights. He does.
3: He does, actually.
1: <laughs> um, let's head to Bunbury. Good morning, Roy.
2: Good morning, Diane. Good Hello. morning, Sabrina.
3: Morning, Roy.
2: <laughs> uh, I have a new title, first of all, for Sabrina, if she'll allow me to indulge myself. Yes. Um, she is my propagating princess. <laughs> that's nice. I like that. <laughs> is that all right? Uh,
3: that's lovely, Roy. Shall I love that. Should we call her
1: your proper propagating princess? <laughs> a Proper? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Improper?
3: Wondering. Improper, <laughs> Improper, yeah. That's more like it. Well, my
2: wee problem is I have a hibiscus which I've had in the pot for about two or three years. Yeah. I've come to the conclusion I've found time to plant it. Is it the right time or should I leave it till winter or something?
3: No, do it now because Roy, hibiscus love hot weather.
2: Oh, good, good. Yep. Uh, a couple of the buds are leaving, pulling off, and they've been inside the patio, so good. Oh,
3: okay. Yep. No, no, they love the hot weather.
2: Oh, brilliant. Thank the you. hotter That's the, the easy better. One.
3: Okay.
2: Uh, the other thing is uh, I've, to grow, I've grown some seedlings of avocados.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Should
2: I continue? Um, they, they, they've popped up, so can I do anything with them apart from um, planting them somewhere?
3: Um, well, you can graft a known variety on them if you want to, or oh, you can I'd just... I'd like to give it a go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So it's a good time to do it now, Roy while well, it's oh, nice right. and warm, okay. um, but you've got to get your scion, the the top bit that you're going to put into the avocados that you've grown. So yes. you need the wood the same size. Oh, so you right. need wood that's yes. the same size as the stem that you've grown, the, yes. okay. the plant that you've grown.
2: Oh, good. And they're not very big. They're quite the thickness of a finger at this stage. Oh, no, so that's perfect. perfect. Yeah.
3: Perfect size. Get yourself some budding tape. Mm-hmm. Um And uh, a nice sharp knife or a scalpel. Yes,
2: yeah, got them mm. ready. Yeah. Yep,
3: cool. <laughs> yeah, do it now. <laughs> do it now, Roy. Good luck, Roy. Thanks a lot.
2: Yeah, oh, well, I've only got ringtail possums here, so don't have to oh, worry about them. Oh, they're still it, good. Though, so. Oh, they're
1: beautiful. We like, I like all possums. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, Jackie's in Gosnells. Hi, Jackie.
2: Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, um, Jackie. I'm growing um, blueberries. They're two years old. Mm-hmm. They've had a sudden. Spurt of growth going up all over the place with pale green leaves on them. Yep. Um. Is it? They're in a big pot. Well, um. They're eighteen inches across. Yeah. Um. The fruit itself has gone very small. It's not expanding or growing like it was in in December and mm. early January. Mm. Is that the heat, or do I need to prune them? Or
3: no, I don't prune them now. Um. If, if what's happened with blueberries this year is they're kind of fruiting it. They're fruiting again, Yeah, which is to do with the weather. If the fruit is small, it's either a nutrient problem where they haven't got enough nutrients, so you'll have to get a foliar, give them a foliar feed, Yep. you know, with liquid fertiliser. Um, and it can also be... Uh, where they've, they've, they haven't had enough water, so they've reduced the size of the fruit. I'd say it's a bit of both.
2: Right. And do you have to change the pot to a bigger pot as they grow, or are they happy to stay in that
3: oh, pot? Oh, no, they should be okay in that size pot, Jackie. Mm-hmm. And when do you, do you cut them back at all? Or? Yeah, you do. You need to cut them back, um, usually at the end of winter. End of winter. Mm. Righty-o. Not a problem. Thank you very much. Okay, good to talk to you, Jackie. Much
1: appreciated. Um, Bye. We head to Geraldton now. Hi, Susan.
2: Hi. Hey, Diane. Good. Thank Um, you. Just the question about: I have a flowering ash. It's a a Fraxinus ornus, and been for five years and doing very little. And I'm just wondering. If you have any suggestions on what I can do or... It, it,
3: is it in the ground or in the pot, Susan? No, it's in the ground. Okay, you need to dig it up and move it.
2: <laughs> okay. No, I'm it doesn't serious. doesn't like where it
3: is. It doesn't like where it is. Now, yeah. the evergreen ash is a fickle little thing and it's funny. Look, some of them really take off and others just don't. And it can be the root system. There's something compromised in the root system or it just doesn't like where it is hmm okay. And, the, the, I mean, they transplant really well, so i dig it up and move it.
2: And you called it an evergreen
3: ash, but it is deciduous. Oh, so which Fraxinus was it? It's, it's Fraxinus ornus. Met- oh, okay. Yes, because yes, yes, yes. Yep, so it goes desid. Okay, well, in that case, leave it... Can you leave it until winter before you dig it up and move it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So and that's the best time. okay. Oh,
2: just one other quick question. Are there any benches that you would recommend for up here,
3: coastal high pH? In uh, Geraldton, yeah. 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 sleeps um,
0: <clears throat> Yeah, I think there's a, quite a range of them that are suitable. I think your yeah. local nursery would have some um, some appropriate ones. Yeah. So,
3: yeah. Even... Um, um, so the uh, banksia pramosa would grow there, I reckon, and that's a, mm, the honey possums like that. Uh all the all the banksias that grow so banksia prionotes banksia menzies eye they'd all grow there
1: and I've had a couple of suggestions on text as well about the, the broom Banksy that we were asked oh, yes.
3: about. So yeah. uh, one comes from
1: Andrew in Clarkson. He thinks it's the elegant Banksia. Um uh, There's some information on the, the like, Flora Base um, website about that. And another one, another suggestion is from Jam. She says um, the Banksia dentata, I think it is, grows in the Kimberley and Cape York. So oh. a couple of suggestions mm-hmm. there. Uh, we've also had uh, some comments about the honey possum. Andrea says there's a book called A Tale of Two Honey Possums that you can get that she said is fantastic for kids. And Meg says her son used to find honey possums and donuts all the time when they lived east of Esperance in the 80s. And she said that donuts have very sharp teeth and bit through my glove when I tried to (laughs) catch one. So that wasn't necessarily ideal. Um, David wanted to make a rude comment about Uh, propositioning himself to you Sabrina using the honey possum as his lure but I don't think we need to go there right now and uh, for you Justin um, Simon de la Strang I think is his name he says good to hear on the radio and uh, can you propagate from a New Zealand Christmas tree you've got 30
3: seconds yes you most (laughs) certainly can well I don't know about Justin but I can (laughs) can you Justin
0: (laughs) I believe so and
3: just before we
1: go do you want to just give people that information again about if they want to be involved in that honey possum program where do they go
0: Absolutely. So, our website is um, uh, southcoastnrm.com.au, and there's a, uh, a donations tab there. Um, but you could also go through our Facebook site, or um, um, there'll be some links through Twitter as well.
1: Well, congratulations. You have survived a Roots and Shoots with Sabrina. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Boulanger, CEO at South Coast NRM. Well done. I know you've now got to be with her longer, but best of luck with that. Sabby, thank you as always. I'm Aww. sad I'm not here to give you a hug. I know. And hopefully, we get to play again soon. But Have a great weekend and enjoy those honey possums. Thanks, Ty.